Okay, well, here we are practicing with the three pillars. And um, when the Sunday team got together to decide what we were going to do for the, these three months, we decided to start with Donna. And then if you've been going to the Monday night um, since, you'll notice that Tim has decided to start with wisdom. But all three are part of these pillars. So wherever you start, they're all connected. So most of us have heard, you know, many Donna talks at the end of sits and day longs and retreats. Most often the Donna talk focuses heavily on a financial contribution. Although at Sims, we always include opportunities for contributing one's time as a volunteer. This morning, I want to explore further Donna as it exists in this physical realm of money, objects, and gifts. But I'm also going to add another realm where Donna or generosity arises, and that's in the emotional realm of relationships and our needs and selfing. And at the end, I'll offer a few suggestions for practices that can help us strengthen this generosity muscle. Before I start, I want to throw out some really good resources if any of you are into books. So Sylvia Borstein's book on the Paramis called Pay Attention for Goodness Sake is really lovely. Gail Stark's book called Creating a Life of Integrity, it's also a book on the Paramis and it includes ongoing commentary by Joseph Goldstein. Then Thich Nhat Hanh has his usual gems of wisdom. And then another book by Kitasaro and Tanisaro called Listening to the Heart. And so this is a really rich topic. There's a lot of good resources out there. I want to start with what Kitasaro has to say about Donna. He says, generosity is the foundation of the Buddhist path, the Buddhist path of practice. Giving frees us from contraction, leads us to happiness, contributes to the well-being of others, and naturally restores our sense of belonging within the larger web of life. When the Buddha taught lay people, he often started with teachings on dana before he ever taught any of the, the techniques around meditation. And even though we talk about Donna a lot, I think it deserves some special attention. Because generosity is a practice along with all the other things that we practice with. And it's not an easy one. It's nuanced and directly connected to the other topics we've been exploring of the three characteristics and the three poisons. Donna can be seen as an antidote to greed and ill will. And as with all the aspects of being on this path, it requires us to pay close attention to what is arising in our minds and hearts and bodies when we contemplate giving or not giving. So as with all of, I think every single Sunday and Monday night and Thursday night, we, the teachers always say, the key is paying attention to everything that arises. And we pay attention to any resistance to giving 
whether it's money, objects, time, or giving in to someone else's priorities. So Sylvia Borstein says that traditional texts in the traditional Buddhist texts say that the proximate cause for the arising of generosity is realizing that something can be relinquished. In fact, if you go to that website access in Insight to Insight and you type in Dana, what comes up right alongside the Pali word of Dana is the other Pali word of Kaga, C-A-G-A, which means relinquishment or abandonment. So the means, this means that the acts of generosity are preceded by the awareness that I have this and I can give it away. I don't need to keep it. What also is present is the awareness that having something that might be useful to others, pleasant to them or comforting. And so we become aware of other people's needs. What, what are we relinquishing? And Sylvia Borstein says we are letting go of the need to hold on. And we're also relinquishing some of our attitudes and beliefs. I think one of the first things that happens when we consider giving is being confronted with our own attitudes and beliefs about how much we have, whether we believe we have enough, what we believe we need, sometimes our thoughts and judgments about the potential recipients of our generosity, and sometimes either enough or not enough confidence in ourselves and life that we feel free enough to let go of those things that we hold on to so tightly. You know, most of us who come together on Sunday morning, we're pretty privileged. We have homes that we live in and clothes and food and medicine. For those of us who experience such bounty, we can especially ask ourselves really honestly, what do I need and can I share what I have with others? I remember one of the first Donna talks I heard on retreat. There was always a question that would come up from the Sangha about how much should I give? And the answer, the answer seemed to kind of come straight out of Goldilocks, just the right amount. I think that's the, the children's story that's about just the right. Anyway, not too little that you will later regret it and not too much that it might cause difficulties for you. And Joseph Goldstein talks about three levels of material giving. He describes them as beggarly, princely, and royal. Each one from beggarly to princely has fewer mixed emotions and mixed motivations and fewer resistances. And he says that even beggarly giving is better than giving nothing. So I want to share a couple stories from my life about how I've learned to look at this issue of generosity in the physical realm. Being with my partner, Bill, for so many years, he really helped me stretch beyond what I at first believed I could afford. We'd be discussing, you know, making a contribution to an organization or helping out someone we knew. And whatever dollar amount I came up with, he always increased it. His, he just had this inherent generosity 
and this inherent trust in himself and life that he would be able to deal with whatever gift he was giving. He helped me open up wider to that question of what can I afford to let go of? And when I volunteered a couple summers ago to run the fundraising campaign that is remodeling the space in the downstairs of UFM and into which we will be moving, I hope within the next couple months, I came up with a figure of what I wanted to give and it was a big figure for me, but as soon as I came up with it, it was as if Bill had come back from the dead and was sitting right here on my shoulder. And so I doubled it. The second story is not about money, it's about time. I've been involved with Sim since the beginning and I've been kind of like a super volunteer. It's been my spiritual home and I love it. I think I've done every job except AV and tech because I don't know how to do those kind of things. And currently I've said yes to a number of tasks in Sims and they're all coming due at the same time. And I have felt so overwhelmed and stretched thin. And I started asking myself, oh, you know, I need to back off and not, not do so much. But instead I asked myself some different questions. Can I do these tasks well? Can I do them with a friendly attitude without any kind of resentment? Do I actually have the time to do them? And then when I answered them all, yes, I just thought, okay, I'm just going to continue doing it and then deal with the kind of body experience of feeling a little bit stretched thin. Our founding teacher, Rodney, used to say, all time is your time. So we own it and we practice with it. I'm a busy person. I bet most of the people here are busy people. But we look at our beliefs about time and availability, and when we explore that and investigate it, we can make really generous decisions about giving up our time and energy for something that we believe in. I'd like to move on to the realm of emotions and explore how generosity shows up there. And we remember that dana is a practice. It's all, you know, it's a practice and regardless of what you're practicing with. The first area I think we should look at is the role of preferences. So preferences arise and they sometimes seem so important, they become like this ultimate truth, especially when my preference is different from your preference. And here I think language can be really important and helpful. Instead of using the phrase of I want or I need, what if we just stated when we're in a little bit of a conflict with another, I prefer, and then ask, what do you prefer? And we create kind of more of a neutral environment where generosity, we can consider giving up my preference, at least sometimes, maybe not all the time, and going along with your preference. So many of us in the West, we are very emphatic about our emotional needs. You know, I need this. This is, you know, I feel this and it's important and I got to do it. But what do we actually need emotionally? Is it a need or just a desire or just a preference? 
Is it a, just an emotional habit? You know, I've shared this story before, but I think it's worth sharing again. I grew up in a family with a disabled sister and a widowed, unhappy mother. And their physical and emotional needs of these, these two important people in my life prompted me as a young person to believe that there wasn't room for my needs. And along with that belief, I developed this extra sensitivity to when I believed that my needs were being ignored. And then I would feel resentful or even angry when I was in situations when that was my perception that my needs weren't considered. Throughout my young adulthood, I experienced so many situations through that lens. And so as a result, I often gave extra importance to those perceived needs and found myself feeling resentful. I didn't always express it, but there was all this resentment going on inside. And quite a number of years into my practice, a situation arose and right along with that came the thought, oh, right, my needs aren't important. And, you know, what am I chopped liver? That kind of thought. But a moment later, another thought arose, and I believe it was the Dharma doing me, as Philip Moffat says. And that other voice said, that's not what this situation is about. And it opened up my mind and heart to exploring what was really going on in that moment. What happens when I lead with my beliefs about my needs and my emotions? And it was preventing me from finding out what the other person was thinking and feeling. And, and then also just really looking honestly at myself. Generosity, I think, in this realm really allows us to listen more fully to ourselves and to the other person. So a cautionary note about this. Some of us, especially women who may have been raised in the same time I was, We've been taught to always put others' needs ahead of our own. So this is not about becoming a doormat. It's not about just giving up yourself, but it's really a practice of examining what's going on in the moment with our own emotional world, looking honestly at what we call our needs, and then acting in the most skillful way possible. And emotional Generosity also includes exploring our views about expectations and beliefs about reciprocity. When we give to another, how important is it that we receive some expression of gratitude? When we give, how important is it that the other person give in kind? Sylvia Borstein says that the best thing about generosity is enjoying the feeling of not needing. Exploring not feeling emotional needy is part of this. She says the freedom that comes from this is the freedom to give others space and support for their aspirations and priorities, which may be or often are different from our own. When we're not so absorbed in our own needs, it's more possible to look past them and see what else is going on in our world. She says, not being absorbed in our own needs, even before any kind of generous act happens, 
is a relief. Generous acts are a relief because they connect. They're always in relationship. We all have something that we can give away. Companionship, comfort, listening, encouragement, care. Another way to understand this emotional realm is through the lens of selfing, of anatta. I don't know about you, but there are times when that little me just kind of takes over. When I, and I, that little me seems to take up all the oxygen in the room. And I ask, who is this person who needs so much to the exclusion of others? We know that that sense of me, the sense of self is created. It's a concept. There's no ongoing, permanent, solid self. What is going on that we have created a me as the most important aspect of the moment? Can we offer kindness, first of all, to that self who seems to be taking up so much room, who needs to be validated and seen and appreciated, that constant self-referencing? How can I still be generous and maintain my own boundaries and take care of my own needs? It's such an important part of this practice. So I don't want to come across as if I have somehow achieved emotional generosity. I have my moments, and I'm excited that I have my moments. But it's a rich and fruitful practice. It's all part of this investigation of what's happening inside. We investigate and explore. We don't judge. And to put generosity in even a larger container, we can connect with what are the most important things that we value in our lives. Perhaps it's do no harm or feeling connected with others. Maybe it's practicing kindness whenever it's possible. Maybe it's living with a generous heart and a peaceful mind, practicing the precepts. When we connect and reconnect with our highest aspirations, they can really help guide us in this practice of dhana. I'd like to talk for a few minutes about some of the, the specific suggestions. The first is about the physical realm of dhana, that money. and It comes from Gail Stark's book. She encourages us to stretch beyond our comfort zone. She says, don't let your comfort zone become a barrier to generosity. She suggests setting up a goal for yourself to practice stretching out of our comfort zone for, say, five days. And if you're financially able, maybe cash a $20 bill and get $21 bills. And put them in your pocket and walk around. Feel what comes up every time you're asked. Feel what comes up every time you give or every time you don't give. Really learn from what arises. She also says when the impulse to be generous arises, heed it, heed it, act on it. Don't second guess yourself. Even those small thoughts of sharing a complimentary comment to a stranger or a friend, the thought of 
sending an email or a card to just let them know that you're thinking of them, sharing something that you know someone else really likes. Sylvia Borstein has a similar suggestion, a similar proposal. She says, find five opportunities a day to ask and respond to this question. Who is around me that I can do something for? She encourages us to plan it. Well, first you ask the question, then you get an answer, you plan it, you give it, you do it, and you see the response. And she suggests that it's a really good idea to do this with a Dharma friend so that you can learn and support each other. Throughout Gail Stark's book, Joseph Goldstein reminds us to investigate and explore, but don't judge. If there's an opportunity to give, just give. Don't think about what kind of person they are, even what they're going to do with the money. It's just a spontaneous act. It's not about letting those opportunities pass by. And in the emotional realm, practicing the gift of listening, seeking to understand, not to convince, to care and respect another, Aim to understand another person without a need to improve or fix. That's such an area of practice for me. And of course, exploring how you define your own emotional needs in the moment, not some kind of grandiose thing. And no matter whether you're dealing with physical objects or the realm of emotions, start where you are, practice with it. We see our generous moments. We see our quasi-generous moments. We see our moments when we're downright stingy. And it's all part of the practice. It's all part of learning. We're going to be honest with ourselves. Conflicting thoughts arise. Let them come and go. And then we give emphasis to the more skillful things that come up. Joseph says that ego gratification may be there, But it's not the only thing that's there. And I'd like to end with reminding us that dana practice is a practice of joy. Sylvia Borstein says, Generosity brings happiness at every stage of its expression. We experience joy in forming the intention to be generous. We experience joy in the actual planning or making and giving something. We experience joy in remembering the fact that we have given. She goes on to say that if she, since she intends to perfect this capacity for generosity, she needs to be alert to every opportunity that presents itself in which she can share. The sharing itself, the generous act, will become the habit by means of which she can experience directly the joy of not feeling needy, the ease of a peaceful mind. She says, once you have tasted and retasted the joy and fulfillment that comes from your generosity, you will lose all interest in turning away. This quote from James Baldwin that just showed up the other day, I think is also about this. He says, The longer I live, the more deeply I learn that love, whether we call it friendship or family or romance, 
or community or sangha is the work of mirroring and magnifying each other's light. Thank you so much for your attention. And we're going to just be quiet for just a moment and uh, invite you all to stay. We're going to um, have an opportunity to be in breakout groups. I'll start organizing that somewhere here. And if anybody needs to go, you're certainly welcome. And thank you for being part of our morning. And um, I'd really encourage you to stay. It's such a lovely time and it's a lovely practice of our of our um, meditation practice. In terms of sharing in this moment, what is up for you around this uh, topic? You don't have to plan a lot. You don't have to go, oh, there was this quote that I need to find. It's just being present in this moment and sharing and listening with another. We don't give advice to each other. We give everybody a chance to fully express what they'd like to. And we listen with open hearts and open minds. And so um, let's see, we, we lost a few people. Hope you have a lovely day. I'm going to create, looks like six groups. Um, maybe seven, really create small groups so that everybody will have plenty of time any questions about what we're going to talk about? I mean, whatever has come up for you around generosity, both around money, time, and that whole very sticky emotional realm, um, anything that um, got you going. And so I'm going to create this, and I will give you some warning. It's um, about a minute before 11, so we'll come back at about 11.15. Enjoy your time. Wow, everybody's back. Okay. Um, well, I can see everybody if you just want to unmute or if you feel like you want to raise. Okay. Um, so I, let's see. I think Claire, Claire was first and then Hitana. Please share. Well, I was first because I really want to say something. Because <laughs> I feel like I fell down, a, a, I don't know, a really like deep, dark rabbit hole with this. Um, I, where I'm getting really stuck is um, giving what's not wanted and, and, and being generous. And who is that serving? Is that serving me? Is that making me feel good about myself? So I'm just going to give and give and give. And then I can just feel really like so noble and so spiritual. And, and there have been times in my life when I have given or I have been given to, and it's been offensive or disempowering. So I'm just caught up in there. Uh huh. Confused. I'm confused. Wow. <laughs> So an, a, a whole arena to explore beyond what I um, first brought up. And thank you for, for sharing that arena. And it sounds like it's, it's going to be a bit challenging. 
I think it's really, really important to remember that we're investigating and exploring, but we're not judging. That bringing that kindness to ourselves, you know, we, I don't know if other, I've not lived in other cultures, so I don't know if other cultures have an easier time around this. But I think in, in our culture, it's fraught. Um, there's expectations and there's difficulties and sometimes just in communication you will say something with the best intention and it gets received with not the best intention. So there's just a lot of that. Um, I don't have any great words of wisdom other than hang in there and keep sharing with us and with other Dharma friends what your practice is. I think sharing this with each other because I don't think it's easy for any of us. Um, maybe it is. And anybody feel free to share <laughs> if it is. Um, but thank you, Claire. Um, and um, with kindness, continue, you know, and maybe it's a rabbit hole and maybe it's just a doorway. It's just a doorway to explore. And so even our language sometimes can get us set up, you know, for seeing it in a certain way because a rabbit hole seems like it's a bad thing or a dark thing and a doorway could be anything you know so anyway go with some kindness and gentleness with this whole thing thank you so much for expanding our view Hitana nice to see you welcome back and share hi Claire thank you for your question um I mean sort of I'm coming from that same, well, anyway, it's related to that. Um, I was thinking of when, Suze, when I was listening to your talk, I was thinking about how with meta practice, the um, the instruction is to start with yourself and then to move out in these wider and wider circles. And um, since basically two Sundays ago, I've been thinking a lot about how um, the discussion for about Donna has been about giving. Um, and I know many, many people are conditioned to not give to themselves or not feel like they can give to themselves. And I'm actually really struck by what Claire said about sort of like, am I giving to feel good about myself? Um, which might be a, a place to ask, am I, am, am I practicing Donna with all beings, including myself? Um, and so I, I'm actually, I, and, and this is, this is something anybody knows about sort of if the, if Donna's sort of taught more in the way of like how we do meta, I'd be really interested. Um, the other thing that I was really struck by was these levels of giving. So there was beggarly, princely, and royal. And I was, I mean, I didn't, I just realized, you know what? Beggarly is positioned as being the worst, at least desirable. Um, but of course, if you're not going to give anything, give at least give at the beggarly level. But I thought, you know what? In some ways, the beggarly giving is the hardest giving when people are truly without resources and truly at the bottom of a society which requires so much energy and everything that, you know, I guess I really took it. It was hard to hear the, the, those those words, right? Because... You know, people who are royal or princely, you know, um, maybe it's not as hard for them to give. Mm -hmm. Wow. And it sort of connected with 
you know, I started thinking about, sorry, the invisibility, I think, of people who are who are with housing insecurity or food insecurity or living with intimate partner di- um, violence and how um, it feels like the Donna conversations for the last three weeks have not really included people living with those experiences and how, you know, I don't know how prosperous and well-resourced the Donna community is. Um, You can't tell by how you look. And of course, white people, it's, you know, we pass in a lot of ways, but I will just come out as living with housing insecurity and food insecurity. And I will come out as somebody who doesn't have a $20 bill in her pocket. And so I think that there's a feeling of, of wanting the teachings to include me and I don't really like, they feel like they do. Um, and then I'll just say one other thing. I had a wonderful group and, and they were talking about really wanting to give to people. And I'm wondering, do we think about the people we give to or communities we give to as being sources that we could receive stuff from? Like, even if it's not money, because the way I often hear the the dialogue is that they're so needy, they're so needy, they're so needy. So I think that that sort of doesn't recognize the Donna that every living being can bring. And to sort of be aware of making sure we can give Donna to ourselves and then give Donna without attachment to a particular story oh this person's going to use it for drugs or they have nothing to give even if that's a sort of more subconscious feeling so i'm sorry to have taken up so much time but i really please no apology because you've just given us a gift of your experience and perspective and um i um i'm going to start with I was just going to say, there's no need, like, there's no need to respond or to comfort or to anything like that. If this is really more like, I'm so glad I'm here. I'm, I hadn't realized this was one of the things that was alienating me from the Dharma until two weeks ago. And then I was like, oh, these are some of the things that alienate me from the Dharma. And I think they alienate other people who come from marginalized communities. So I'm so grateful, you know. Thank you, Hitana. Um, when I, I did, you know what? I'm going to let other people share. Bruce and Sean. So one of the things that came up in our group um, is ways that we give that have absolutely nothing to do with finances or money. And um, <clears throat> because we all had limitations in that in in that area, um, or doing volunteer work, getting out in the community, and working in the food bank, and all of those things, it's just not possible uh, for some people to be able to do those ways of giving, which is kind of the first way we think about giving is a very outward focused thing. 
and just the the tiny little things that that um can be done in our our lives to give to another person or to give give to ourselves just a smile to smile at someone or to call someone up that you know is alone um or those little there's some expression random acts of kindness or so I couldn't remember it <clears throat> that's the way I give these days in my life the biggest way I give these days in my life it's just small things um listening to someone I was really listening to you I don't know how to pronounce your name Hitana. I I want you to know that I really heard you yeah I took it in yeah I mean there's just so many ways just teeny tiny ways just need to be creative to think of them and for me um when I do give something even small most of the stuff I give is pretty small <laughs> makes me feel so good I feel good so I'm giving to myself at the same time yeah there's it's a it's a win win and the, so and when the small I gifts are often the big gifts of listening and showing yeah care and attention are. to somebody yeah. I mean, I, I admit that when I start hearing, you know, some, too much of a big Donna money talk, it's like it brings up a lot of stuff from the past of like, you know, my past of giving money is the way to go. And, and that's where you get recognition and, and, and it's so important. And it's, yeah, like the big time giving. I like the beggarly giving. Beggarly giving suits me just fine. <laughs> and I, um, you know, I quoted out of context Joseph's descriptions of beggarly, princely, and royal. And um, I was, I'm grateful that Hitana reframed that and looking at it because he was not talking about the people, but more the, the um, heartfelt nature of it and without resistance and without. Um, too much expectation. It was more that, but I met, I just quoted this little thing from a, a larger paragraph, and um, this is so rich. Please go ahead. How do you pronounce your name? Is it Anel? Um, I'm actually Josh by starting. Well, you're Josh, right? I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> I think I asked you the same question before. Yeah. Please go ahead, Josh. Um. Uh, yeah, that's one thing I would think like from, I think, Buddha's experience as Siddhartha, um, like nothing he gave was material. And I think in a way it was considered like some of the highest princely giving in a sense of just giving his full awareness and his full heart to like the consideration of those around him and sharing like wisdom or sharing insight or sharing just his ear to like listen and hear people. And I think that's one of the models that a lot of um, monks or um, yeah, I think all people have in any um, what's it called financial status. Like I think it's when you have an abundance of extra financial thing, if you could give, 
the financial part, but I think an even higher form of giving in some of that consideration is in the way that you are kind to people and listen to people and the kind words or kind, yeah, any of that I think is also a very princely way of giving. Yeah. Um, thank you, Josh. Which, you know, and um, in preparing this talk, I knew that I wanted to go beyond money because it is such a focus. And um, that's why I went into the realm of emotions and relations. And, and you know, there's ways in just a friendship that um, our generosity muscle can be strengthened. And, um, or we can turn away from it and feel like we can't, we can't be generous, you know, and exploring that, exploring that full um, range of, of experience is uh, what I was hoping to, to um, prompt. And it looks like it got prompted (laughs) that way beyond um, this with, with a lot of really important insights um, anyone else who would like to um, to share? Um, actually, I think we pretty much need to close. Um, so we um, will have another um, talk on this next week, and um, and then it all gets connected as well with wisdom and and ethics. You know, it's. They're not so separate, um, even though we've separated them into different months. Um, so it feels a little bit like I'm ending it when there's still so much good stuff happening. Um, uh, and um, that's part of our reality of having a beginning and an end. Let's just take a, a moment of, of quiet and appreciate each other, our practice, our willingness to be so real with each other, to be honest in our responses to what has been said, to how we feel, to what comes up with us. This practice is so rich. And may the benefit of our practice, this connection and depth of wisdom and insight and honesty, be shared with all beings everywhere. May all beings live in peace. May all beings have adequate housing food, shelter, health, medicine. May all beings live with ease and well-being. Thank you all. Go on the website to learn about other ways that you can share in Sangha. It's been lovely to be with you all. Thank you.